0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. And also make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps.
1: Howdy ho, the is and welcome to another brand new edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 140. Obviously, um, depending on when you listen to this, but if you listen to this when it's fresh off on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, which you, you all should be subscribed to, it'll be still Mother's Day, so this one obviously goes out to all the mothers out there. I'm sure we have tons of mothers that aren't related to us that listen to this podcast, so... Uh, this goes out to all the mothers, and after the results of the UFC last night, if you followed my, my co-host's gambling advice, and you probably consider us a mother also. The starting of the starting of a word that starts with mother. I won't say the rest of it, but yes. Hello. I didn't get a laugh for that, which is sad. I was hoping to get a chuckle out of my co-host, but nothing. Nothing. My joke fell flat. Who would I be? Cracking the horrible jokes? I would be your host, the Jordanian lion, Jeff Fox. Thank you for coming to the show and listening to us. If it's your first time here, which it's a strange episode to jump in on, a recap episode, but hey, we're, we're happier here regardless. Um, if you wonder what exactly the show is, we um, cover the wacky, wacky world of mixed martial arts. And it was very, very wacky this weekend. Um, plenty of chaos and wackiness, which we will dive into right away. Um, yeah, depending on the spin on of it, spin on it we either gave you really good picks or we gave you really bad picks so we did you we did you good and we also did you dirty so um let's bring in the positive spin man the man who always has a positive spin on results whether they're good or bad the one and only daniel gumby vreeland hello
0: so i i didn't laugh at your joke for two reasons number one uh, all of our recommended plays were fire yet again uh <laughs> See, you
1: know i here we go i
0: i was I, if i'm not mistaken two and two but just barely broke even uh, which break right. even? That's that's a good thing. Um, and it hit a massive underdog to make it break even. Uh, which is even cooler. And yours three
1: three for four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's true. Recommended plays are the way to go, everyone.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, it turns out you shouldn't just bet on every single fight. Uh, but also I will say the other reason I didn't laugh at your joke. You should constantly tell me I'm not allowed to talk until you tell me to. That's
1: <laughs> true. You are allowed to snicker. I, I thought because I was referring to a bad word, and you don't like bad words, Dan.
0: <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm notorious, I'm notoriously clean-mouthed.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. So... Um, wacky I think I summed up the weekend Yeah me, right? I mean
0: fucking ridiculous Is <laughs> the right way yeah.
1: There's the bad words um, And it, mostly UFC But I, I, I heard there was some wackiness In uh, like Bellator there was some horrible Decision and you know um, Belt or is gonna Bellator but yeah there was Wackiness all around but mostly it was uh, Reserved to, to the big show of The UFC um, Yeah well, I was gonna say it didn't Cost us any money but yeah it did Actually, the uh, co-main event did cost us some money. So, anyhow, like Dan said, uh, he spun it. Everything, uh, everything is positive. We ended up making you money. If if you, you have to decipher our picks and, and uh, listen to the parts that you actually should gamble on, and, and the ones where we're just you know throwing picks out there, obviously. So, um, before we get into recap, any news that we should crack into other than uh, stuff related to last night, Daniel? Um, I I don't know if there's any
0: super big news. I mean, like, the UFC just decided to drop an absolute bombshell of a UFC. Uh, I, I guess it's International Fight Week card. Uh, I'm guessing it's 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Um, They just dropped an absolute bombshell. It's not the entire card, but, like, I honestly can't decipher where five main cards begin and end because, like, all of them could be fights that you would see on a pay-per-view main card. Like the worst fight I think of all of them is like either Jessica, I and Macy Barber or Robbie Lawler and Brian Barberena. And like, you'd, you would never bat an eyelash if either of those were the fifth fight on a pay-per-view. Right. So like the, in, in there's one, Macy two, Barber, no. Yeah, of course you'd love Macy Barber. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, there are nine fights that they announced. And those are the worst two. So like, I mean, like, I guess that's the, the major news is like that July 2nd card is insane.
1: Yeah. So it's July 2nd, T-Mobile Arena, Paradise, Nevada, Be There, Be Square, UFC 276. I'll give you a quick rundown of the key fights. Main event will be middleweight championship, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. And then uh, co-main event, UFC featherweight championship, Alexander Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. No real surprises with either of those announcements, that was pretty much where everyone expected um, the title, the title chase to go. Uh, the the challengers uh, being Kenner and Holloway.
0: Yeah, no, those those are exactly what I thought. When when Cannonier won against Brunson, and in the way he won against Brunson, like you have to book that. And and Holloway was already booked for this fight. So yeah, they're, they're both fights I thought were going to happen, and I'm fine with them happening too. You know, I don't love the. trilogy um you know i'd rather you know but like it's not like max holloway hasn't earned his way back up right he beat the shit out of calvin cater like yeah he's earned his chance so uh yeah like fights i expected to see and fights i'm probably gonna be excited to watch when they do come around too
1: yeah as as we've said before holloway is pretty much clearly the second best guy in featherweight so hey if they want to roll that back By all means, I don't expect the outcome to be any different, but hey, um, he is the most deserving. So we got those. We got Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira, which we mentioned, uh, I think, last podcast. Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz. So Sean O'Malley finally gets a bit of a step up there. Uriah Hall versus Andre Muniz. Brad Tavares versus Dreykus Duplices. Jessica Rose. Clark versus Julia Stolyarenko. A little bit of a step up for Stolyarenko, maybe, if Clark has anything left in the tank here. Lauren Murphy, Dan's one of Dan's favorites versus Misha Tate. So she gets a big name opponent there. Jessica Ivers and Macy Barber, uh, Dan's favorite. And then Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarano. So yeah, very, uh, very stacked fight card. And that's only what, nine fights of this. So we we probably got another five or six more going to be added before all is said and done. Yeah,
0: I I think you mentioned 10 fights. The Stolia Renko one, Jesse Rose Clark one was news to me because uh the nine I was thinking of were all announced on the broadcast and that one wasn't so that one ink just must not be dry yet on that one or it wasn't uh announcement worthy but like you know that that's also a uh banger I mean like a little bit less known in terms of um Stolia Renko hasn't had the best run in the UFC but she's a lot of fun to watch
1: yep so uh on the flip side this means we're gonna have a probably a lot of crappy cards leading up to this one in july and crappy ones right after this one in july because pretty much uh they're stacking everything on this pay-per-view which is the way the ufc has been operating since they they got their guaranteed money deal with espn um load up the load up the uh, pay-per-views and then for the fight night cards maybe have one uh decent um main event maybe it a semi-decent co-main and then whatever else is, whatever else is available. They just slot it in there. don't really care. Well, I'm going
0: to, I hear
1: what you're saying here, but also, uh,
0: you know, if you follow Marcel Dorff, uh, on Twitter, who has like a nice spreadsheet where he lists every, uh, fight that he's been able to ascertain is, is solidified leading up to when they actually get announced. There is already a lot announced for June, which is, you know, obviously the, the weeks leading up to July 2nd in, in June, we have Glover to share Yuri Prohoshka, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Talia Santos, Waley, Li Zhang, Joanna a Uh, that's on that pay-per-view that kicks off, uh, actually the second week of June, the one right after that's Kelvin Cater, Josh Emmett. And we've also got Kevin Holland on that card. Um, as well as like, jeremiah wells and gregory rodriguez um and then we got shavkat Rachmanov versus neil magny which i guess is like maybe the shittiest of those uh like fight night cards that are going to be leading into july like that's probably the headliner uh but it's also got like chris curtis versus rodolfo Vieira and tim elliott's fighting on that card like it that's probably the worst but even that is not as bad as like some of the recent ones we've had so yeah, they, they might be giving us a little bit later in terms of fights. And, oh, the, the, you know, one more thing. The week after that is Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael Fiziev, uh, which is a, a hell of a fight, too.
1: Battle of the Rafaels. Whoever loses cannot use the name Rafael. Did you know that? that's what's happening?
0: I did know that. Also, that yeah. one's co-main evented by Cody Garbrandt and Ronnie Aya, which is, uh, I, I just <laughs> I just have to say, Hani Aya co-main eventing a card in 2022 is everything my WEC loving heart really always wanted.
1: <laughs> but you're, you're telling me the cards aren't weak. So okay. No, they're <laughs> good. That's good. He's That's on good a hot streak. I like got Sure. He's
0: hot. Honey is on a hot streak. Isn't he like, yeah. hang on. I gotta, I gotta put the, uh, the intern on this one. is not honey on a wind streak.
1: Am I this wrong not about this? A honey, Yaya podcast. It should be. It should be. <laughs> He's one. He
0: has won. Get, get this. He's only lost once in his last seven fights.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. And now he's going to knock out Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> he's, 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 he's probably going to be amazing.
0: He's probably going to heal him, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Is Cody whatever.
1: Garbrandt on your hate list?
0: I don't. It's hard to say. I, I mean, like, yeah. I, I've never been a big alpha male guy.
1: No, it seems
0: like now honest. he's, it seems like now he's not even alpha male. Uh, I like. I don't know. He looked really bad against T.J. Dillashaw both those times.
1: You seen he's a beta,
0: uh, yeah, an arm
1: beta? That's
0: is that what the reviewer called you that oh, yes.
1: time? <laughs> we You're unarmed betas, lefty unarmed betas, or something like that? Yeah, right?
0: I I don't yep. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a big Cody Garbrandt guy, but I wouldn't no. say he's on my hate list.
1: Okay, good. He, he was nice, to like him with cancer, so you can't totally.
0: Oh you know, right, you know, right, you
1: know, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this isn't a Cody Garbrandt podcast either. And it shouldn't be. Um, just the honey aya crack- one. Yes, yeah, it's just it's a honey aya podcast. Oh, imagine the li- listeners we get if we made this only. All we do is talk about honey ya ya twice a week for yeah. at least an hour. Between and we three go three back,
0: week, we go we go back to all his WEC fights and we talk about every fight. What the odds would have been when he fought. Did did he fight Takeo Mizugaki? I feel like he probably fought Takeo wow, Mizugaki. Who didn't,
1: yes. <laughs> yep, we're gonna review every fight. This is our spin-up. Pop. We're gonna review every fight of his. Uh we're gonna go through like you know, blow by blow of every fight and and what the live odds should be at the moment of uh he hit that takedown and whatnot. So yeah, get ready he, for it, people.
0: He I just looked it up, he did fight Takeo Mizugaki.
1: Of course he did. Mizugaki's like total W E C
0: he fought him he right after he fought WC. Benavidez and uh right before he beat Matt Mike Brown.
1: <laughs> we're we're losing our WC guys. There's not too many left now.
0: Just just honey waving the flag they're, for us.
1: <laughs> they were talking about oh they're talking uh Carmier's talking about OSP being like one of the last of the strike force people. Yeah, it's the same as uh WEC. So hey, Misha Tate's right on the screen in front of me. So she is still Strike Force, uh, she's still around. So and Robbie Lawler. Hey, there's a lot of Strike Force people on that card coming up. Clay, Clay Guida. Clay Guida's too. Maybe they'll stick him on UFC 276, too. Who knows? Guida's,
0: Guidas WEC and Strikeforce, yes. Uh, yes. which is a special blend right there.
1: It is. He is a special blend of herbs and spices. All right. Let's uh, let's get down to uh, brass tacks here. First, of course, Winbet. We can't get started without telling you about Winbet. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50. Win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to 20 dollars in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win's own build-your-own-bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus-leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. No spoilers. I have not watched the Suns game today, so uh, any callers that call into our podcast, don't spoil me on the game. There's some It's, you, it's good that you
0: mentioned that. I was about to spoil it
1: oh there you see I, I i was joking we don't have callers people don't try to call in uh but yes uh, i had a feeling that dan would want to jump in and say hey did you there's so much to choose from everybody and all you have to do is download the winbet app or visit winnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where a play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 no, the inlaws had on the Blue Jay game and then they had on hockey. Oh, hockey. Imagine that in Canada.
0: Was it the Bruins Was it, game?
1: No, it wasn't. Puh, no one watched uh, Bruins. Actually, the Bruins. The Bruins look good. <laughs> uh, uh, Bru- Ugh, Bruins. Do you want to look good too, Dan? Like the Bruins? Then listen to this ad for Manscaped. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is Sprung and the Global Leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Did you know you had aisles in your pants, Dan?
0: I, I did not.
1: You have at least five, apparently, unless it starts at five, because they say aisle five. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code S G. P, Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The performance package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. Start off your spring cleaning it. Use the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well. No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with a LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After cleaning your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. I really hope my mom's listening this week, Dan. For most of (laughs) the episode, I hope she's listening to the ad read. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your legs, and leave you them smelling fresh like no smelling like fresh flowers yeah i don't think i've ever smelled like fresh flowers have you ever smelled like fresh flowers dan
0: Uh, you know i'm i'm really flexible but i'm not positive that i've ever (laughs) been able to smell
1: them we better get get going on on, onto the uh, manscape then finish off your grooming routine with the plow 2.0 the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face i do need that Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Start of spring also marks the start of testicular, what a tough word, Cancer Awareness Month in April. April, this is, what month is this, Dan? May. But you you should still check yourself anyhow. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to, why can't I say testicular cancer? I guess because it's a funny word, Dan. Men's health and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men, age 15 to 35, and giving support to fight for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular. There we go. Cancer is part of our "We Save Balls" initiative. So, oh, smell oh so fresh and oh so clean this spring. Here's your call to action, ladies and gentlemen. Get 20. Hmm. I guess it's just to gentlemen, but ladies, you're going to want your gentlemen to get it. Get 20 percent, 20 percent, 20 percent. Two zero percent sign off plus free shipping with the code SGP, of course, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Whew, I need a drink. All right. That's, um, should we get right to the main course or should we start with PFL first, Dan? What do you
0: uh let, let's throw pfl at the end uh the, the people want to hear more about PFL, UFC.
1: your second rate
0: although although before we get to pfl being All second right. rate and throwing it at the end my picks <laughs> did win so just Welcome. we'll have that we'll, we we don't want to we don't want to bury that my picks won on on pfl hope you tagged along um and now let's talk yep. about UFC.
1: <laughs> he is positive um yeah we'll, we'll get to pfl but dan is up a huge amount of money in uh, a couple weeks of pfl all right um ufc where to start what a what a strange strange event for numerous reasons first of all we lost cowboy serone joe lozon last minute serone got food poisoning um is what the story is so that saved dan and al and uh, it stole a w for me which would have probably would have put me ahead of dan this week so um hopefully it'll happen again soon and then i can beat dan there um Oh, and then did you hear uh, some people miss weight also? Um, Norma Dumont, she missed weight, even though she was saying she doesn't know why the UFC is keeping the women's featherweight division around. And then she went and came missed in at featherweight. 146 and 5 <laughs> Yeah, and then she misses. I guess she wants them to move it to lightweight maybe. Um, and yeah, she missed weight. Um, and then, oh, the champion guy, Charles Oliveira, missed weight as well. Uh, by half a pound, lost his title on the scale, which is the first time that's happened in the UFC. We've seen it happen in other second-rate promotions, but it happened in the UFC. Um, there's a whole scale gate, like there always is. He's blaming the scale in the back being different than the scale, the official scale. But basically, I think you can boil it right down to it. it it's his job. He's paid to weigh 155 pounds on the official scale. At um, weigh-ins, not whatever other scale they're using. So, um, and everybody else made weight for the event except one other person so we're talking 30 fighters so 29 other 28 other fighters excuse me may wait and all three other fighters in the title fights where you have to be right on weight they all may wait as well so you can complain all he wants about scale being screwy in the back but um that's my take on it at least you have a different take dan
0: i mean i, I don't like i i think so i'll say a couple of things about all of this is like First of all, uh, you know, you're right. He he needs to make weight regardless. And, you know, he, he came in, what was it, half a pound or a full pound over for his first weigh-in. Then he went back and took another hour and nothing came off. So yeah. I, I think while we can blame, you know, like if you want to blame the scale being in a different weight than the one out front, he still has an hour to drop that weight and nothing came off in an hour. So the fact that nothing came off in an hour tells me, he was at the peak of what he was going to be able to do with his current body composition, right? Like he, he, he there was nothing left for him to sweat out. So whether or not that scale in the back was wrong or not and who it belonged to and all the stuff that people want to talk conspiracy theory about right now, it doesn't fucking really matter because like given an extra hour, he could not shed half a pound so like that scale could have been 20 pounds off and it really wouldn't have mattered, right? So yep. that's my first take on it. My second take on it is like I I think we're making this a huge deal when it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, like I I think this would have wound up being a much bigger deal if he came in as the challenger. Um, you know, like Travis Luter style, where uh you know, like he, he came in, didn't make weight, couldn't fight for the championship. The fight winds up being a non-title fight. Um because in that case you could have like a dominant win and you still wouldn't be the champion. And the other guy still would be, uh, which is real weird. Whereas in this case, uh, like he's the champ. Like I know he doesn't have the belt, but he's the champ. He's fighting. We know because of the way he won and how he won, he's the best lightweight in the world. We know he's going to be fighting for the title next. We're booking him as if he's the champion. Dana said he still got his pay-per-view points. So like, the title's not around his waist, but apart from that, like fucking nothing changed. So like, I almost think we're making too big of a deal out of it.
1: Yeah. It's the only person who should really care is Charles Oliveira. Cause it's, you know, he's technically not the champion. He, he lost a buttload of money. Uh, I'm assuming he was fined The 30% that, um, Norma Dumont was fined. Um, you can get all the money stuff on my MMA site, money, but it probably cost him about 150 grand in fines, 120 grand in fines. Um, Plus, he may not have got his the championship pay for the sponsorship money. He Instead of like 42 grand, he may have only gotten 21 grand. I'm not positive on that. And then next fight, who knows if he's going to get pay-per-view points because he's not the champ and he's not going to get the championship uh, sponsorship money. And, you know, it, it's going to cost him a lot of money. Um, but Yeah, basically, the title is just basically a prop to signify this person is the best fighter in this here weight class and he's obviously um after his performance last night he showed that he is uh easily the the best fighter at lightweight or uh at least um he, he's uh found no equal in the cage as of late um maybe uh someone out there who could beat him but at this point he is uh, head and shoulders above anyone who he has fought so like i said who cares if the belts are on his waist or not
0: yeah, and and let let's get to talking about the actual performance because that's really yes. the most interesting. It was thing. a
1: surprise. And I was pick. I was I was saying I bet he's going to get knocked out now. Because plus, going back to the weigh in quickly, he was like, he waited to the very last second to weigh in too. So obviously, he, he can claim all he wants that he he was already on weight, but um, he uh, he was worried. Think, it wasn't yeah, coming he, off. He was worried because he was he took as much time as possible. He was well behind everyone else before. Uh, he actually stepped in the scale. So anyhow, um, I expected him to be depleted and uh, Gaethje to take advantage of that and knock him out. Looked like it may have may was uh, maybe was going to come true, but um, that's basically how Oliveira fights go now. He's turning into a fader guy where he gets himself in trouble and then um, grabs victory from the jaws of defeat.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this: this is there. There's so many interesting facets about this fight. the The one that is the most interesting to me, perhaps, is like. He outstruck Justin Gagey, right? Like a, it goes down as a submission. He knocked him down. Did he, he not? He, yeah, he he's wild. If he went in and tried to finish with strikes there, I think he would have. Yeah. Like I, I, I think he would have finished notoriously durable Justin Gagey with strikes. And and granted, he took the much smarter, easier route, which was jumping on the back and looking for the sub, um, transitioning, d- doing all the things he's supposed to, and he, he got the sub. He did the smart thing there. But if he wanted to, I think he could have TKO'd him, which is crazy to say. I'll also say this. I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody pointed out that Charles Oliveira is is got a really distinct advantage in the, the MMA world right now, especially when he's fighting high-caliber strikers like Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje, in that if they tag him, he effectively has like the boxing standing 10 count to come back Because they don't want to engage with him on the mat. Like, if he has his wits about him enough to, like, stick his legs up and play, like, fun butterfly guards, they just get the fuck out of Dodge. He gets 10 seconds to get his heads about him, and then he comes back and hits you. It's, like, a very, very interesting, like, advantage he has naturally built in. And, And granted, I don't think he'd have that against... Benil Daryush or Islam Makhachev, who I think both would be more willing to engage with him in a grappling match. But I also think those guys wouldn't tag him in the first place. So like, it's a, it's an interesting advantage he has over like very talented strikers.
1: Yep. Very, very good point. Um, so anyhow, he, uh, while I was watching the fight, I was thinking Gaethje was going to win. I'm thinking oh, well, so one dimensional. This is, uh, it's wild that he, he's going to end up being the champion, but uh, it was all for naught. And he, once again, fish out of water, all, all this, all, all this, all these years we heard about how he was this amazing collegiate wrestler. And, you know, he, he, if it ever got to the grappling, he, he can handle himself. And uh, it does not um, come true in, in the least because he's looked past the two fights, albeit uh, it was against Charles Oliveira and Habib. Um, and, you he, he did not look good in the least. He looks like an amateur basically down there.
0: Yeah, well, and in, in, it's it's worth mentioning, and I, I feel like more people have to say this is like he was a D1 All-American college wrestler. Those yeah. are that's like a sentence we have to say. But I'll also say this is that when you don't actively work on applying those skills to MMA, which is right. not it, it's not as simple as just saying turn the wrestling on. Uh, it, it's you know actively integrating a strike turned into grappling or, or a defensive takedown. Like there's so many different ways to use takedowns and it doesn't work the same as wrestling where both people know the takedown is attempting or attempt is coming, or, you know, like both people have the same goal in mind. There's lots of different goals in MMA. I think the fact that he's just never used it. We, we write D one wrestler in his little column when we break him down, but at the same time, like, I don't know that any of the stuff that goes along with that is there with him anymore. And uh, maybe that's just us hyping up past credentials more than they're worth. Uh, But man, dude, he, he does look in this time, I guess he was hit at least, uh, but he does look like a fish out of water against high level grapplers.
1: And it's the speed that these people uh, get him into a bad position is, is the thing that's so shocking. Like even like basically even the, uh, MMA fighter with the most rudimentary, uh, wrestling and grappling seem to, you know, seem to be able to, uh, defend themselves on the ground. And he doesn't seem to have any of that in him.
0: Yeah. And, in and, and in the Habib one, you know, I pointed out that like Habib shot a takedown would have wound up in guard, but then he like just sliced through Gaethje's guard kind of pathetically. And yeah. I, I wrote Gaethje off of that. I'm more willing to give Gaethje a little leeway in this. Cause I think he was really effed up. From the striking, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I just said I thought Charles Oliveira if he decided to pour on strikes would have gotten a TKO. So like it's hard for me to then be like, oh, his grappling looks so bad. It did look so bad, but I think in this case I'm willing to give him a little bit more leeway than in the Habib fight.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, why I'm banging on about Gaichi because it's basically it was more of a, uh, the story is Charles Oliveira not not Gaichi and and whether he can grapple or not. it's it's how good Oliveira is looking.
0: Yeah. And I'll say this too, you know, from a, uh, you know, somebody who has a vote in such things uh, from a pound for pound perspective, which first of all, is kind of a dumb argument anyway. How many people would you put ahead of him right now in the pound per, for pound rankings?
1: I would put out, uh, I would put Volkanovsky probably in Usman. That might, maybe it just off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. I I think Volkanovsky, Usman, Dependent on your feelings about John Jones and where he is and stuff like it's that. It's like
1: yeah, He hasn't it, fought in he, so long. It's hard yeah,
0: to say. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of him, though?
1: He's jacked. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like me. <laughs> he looks fucking huge. <laughs> he, he is oh. not coming back to 205, guys.
0: No, no, no. no. That's definitely not happening. But, um, yeah, like, you, you pretty much hit it spot on. It's, like, Volkanovski and Usman at, like, 1A and 1B. And, like, maybe Oliveira has, like, inserted himself, like, Even just, like, ahead of Israel Adesanya and, like, those type of guys, like, man, he just, he's looking like a different animal in there.
1: So, obviously, we like to move on to what's next. We're always looking down the road. What's next? Um, Sean Sheehan, Sphere MMA, says he hopes everyone is looking forward to Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler for the lightweight title in the fall
0: conor mcgregor versus michael chandler
1: <laughs> it's a joke it's sarcasm but uh, obviously uh, you can see that happen though <laughs> with if conor mcgregor decides he wants to fight for the title and he will fight for the title speaking of uh jack guys i don't know if he's going to make lightweight anymore so reason to bring him up is we have to decide what's next for olivera seems like he sounds like he is going to be given a chance to get back his his uh title who do you want to see him fight
0: uh, I, I want to see him. I, I think the the smart fight for him is to fight Islam Makhachev. Like I, I think, as far as most deserving right now, if you look at the rankings, like I, I think Islam Makhachev is probably it. But
1: Dana, re- going to happen though? Dana really,
0: be, yeah, Dana yeah. really hated his last performance.
1: was it the yeah, Bobby Green fight? fight? Darius, I think, yeah,
0: yeah, the Bobby Green fight. So uh, well, we could say this: like Darius and, and Makhachev could fight you know, in, in June or July or August, even turn around and fight Oliveira in September, October. If Olivera wants to come back quicker than that, I mean like, man, what, what is even left in, in the UFC's lightweight division? Cause like, I'm not going to say he's cleaned it out, but like, man, he beat some of the dudes at the top of this division that make it, like, really hard to say anybody, you know, he beat Gaethje, who's number one, he beat Poirier, who's number two, we're saying three, should fight four. He beat number five, Michael Chandler. I mean, the winner of Rafael Dos Anjos and Rafael Fiziev, if it's impressive, but but I'll say this, like, you know, not for anything, like, if Connor were to come back, that's the perfect fight for him to, like, just, make a huge ass payday and set up the Makashev fight.
1: Uh, destroy him so bad.
0: I I think he'd kill him. No, I I think he would embarrass him in a a very bad way. But if you're Dana white at this point, uh, like, and you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, Charles Oliveira seems to be pretty marketable. He also seems to be pretty fucking good. And he seems to be a company man for the most part. He's never talking bad about the, the UFC he fought through probably some of the most God awful contracts you've ever seen being that he was, what was he like 10 and seven at a point in the UFC? Like, yeah, he he probably has just been a company man and, and happy to do what the company needs him to all this time. I mean, fuck. He had like a nine fight winning streak before he got a title shot and he never once complained about it. So uh, if, if Dana wants to turn him into a superstar, roll Connor into town and let freaking, Charles Oliveira beat the live and piss out of him. And then maybe people will be talking about Charles Oliveira. Islam Bakashev as being like a big deal.
1: And a good way to uh, get Conor McGregor under control too, for the company. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean like,
0: here's the thing. <sighs> Conor McGregor is never going to be what we want him to be, which is like an active fighter who fights where he like right now he's ranked number nine in the UFC
1: even be ranked anymore. It's crazy.
0: I, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on how you feel about inactivity. but let's say he's number nine. Like he should be fighting somebody like Gregor Gillespie or Matt Cruz Gamero right now, who I'll also say I'd pick either of those guys to beat freaking Conor McGregor at this point, right? Like both of those guys are just out wrestling. So like those are the types of guys he should fight at the same time. Like we know he's never going to be what we want. So like, we also have to just be like, what can we get out of Conor McGregor that could make us happy at this point And like, a fight with, with Charles Oliveira to like give us more time to find a real contender is maybe something he could do for us.
1: It's true. It's true. And it always, everything always comes back to Conor, doesn't it? All right. Uh, have we said enough about the main event? You want to move on to the, um, to the gripping co-main event? I, fight,
0: dan? I, I will tell you very emphatically i never want to go on to
1: the coming event well we have a new champ dan oh well we got olivera minus 170 so uh happy times there um the next fight i whiffed on it was the only one i got wrong on the main card um i had rose and nama unis uh beating Carlos Barza. it didn't happen Sparza got split decision 47 48 49 46 48 47 Is there anything, what can we say about this, Dan?
0: I mean, there's so much we actually could say about this.
1: Is it Rose's fault?
0: I I, I will say this. So, uh, you know, Rose got shit on a lot, and rightfully so, uh, both for the way she fought and the way she handled herself afterwards, where she was, like, indignant in backstage. She was like, I won that fucking fight. I I don't know if you caught her Instagram this morning. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there, there was basically a post, like, I think she went and watched the fight and she was like, what the fuck is that? Um, because like, like we all did when we watched there was and her corner, no...
1: her corner liked it. She was doing exactly what they wanted her to do. I mean, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that either. I will just say this. There were six punches landed in the first round, three by each. Um, I'll also say this. Like if, if those scar cards came out for Rose, Nama, Yunus, like, we, we wouldn't have batted an eyelash, right? Yeah. Like, we, I'd have just been like, sure. Because in my book, Rose won three. It's one of the only rounds I could say, like, somebody definitely won. Rose won three. Carla won four. Rose won five. I know those things are true. Um, those, those are correct scores. Those are rounds that were easy to score. Um, you know, Rose jacked her up a little bit in the third round. Carla wrestled her up a little bit in the fourth. Rose definitely got the better of her in the fifth. I had those scores across the board. I think those were easy to score. One and two were anybody's guess. Like you, you can, you can,
1: yeah, nothing happens. So anyway.
0: Like in in one, I actually thought like we might just say striking and grappling's even. So then we go to the next criteria, which is aggression and octagon control. Give it to Carla. Um, and and I think that might be how they scored the first two rounds. Most of the yeah. judges gave one and two to Carla. If that's the case, it's due to the fact that she may be striking and grappling. There's no discernible difference about what they did. Give it to her based on aggression and octagon control. So, uh, yeah, like, I I know Rose will probably win two rounds. But apart from that, everything else was a coin flip. So, uh, not important to, like, really break down this fucking fight. Because it was just Rose Namajunas doing... Just fighting a fucking stupid fight. All right. Last word. On like, this. Okay. okay I, 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 I don't even know how to wrap my head around this, but give, well, let me why have one. did it
1: happen? That, that, that's the question I want to know. I don't know if you're headed that way or that's, not, but why, why did that happen?
0: That's exactly where I was going. It's oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So here's why I think it happened. Let's think about every single rematch Rose Nama Eunice has ever had in her entire life. So she loses to Jessica Indraj. Yeah. She fights her again. In the rematch, she doesn't rush in, grab a weird, you know, some weird grips in the clinch and get dropped on her head. Instead, she's very safe from the outside. She picks her apart. She wins a very narrow decision. She beat Ioana Janjacek by brutal knockout. What does she do in the next fight? She barely, barely mixes it up with her in close range. She tries to stay further away. She understands how tough the first finish was. She wins a close decision. What did she do against Wei Li Zhang after kicking her head off? She pokes and prods her from further away. So in all three of those rematches, her response to having a dominant victory, or in one case, a dominant defeat, was to fight smarter. I now know what this person's strikes look like. I move further away. I play safer. I win the decision. I think she thought she was doing that here. It just went to an extreme level to the point where it cost her a fight,
1: yeah, it's it's she's she's a hard one. I, I know she has um, has um struggles outside of the cage, but inside the cage. she's this is not a this is not um demeaning any of her outside the cage struggles, but inside the cage she she fights like a head case a lot of times,
0: yeah, it's it's just, and I get why you would be safer the second time, right? Like, because you know so much more, but this is. This is one of those rematches that wasn't a fucking rematch. You know what I mean by that? Like Rose Nama Yunus, Carla Esparza 2 was yeah. not really a rematch. This is a different Rose Nama Yunus. This is a different Carla Esparza. They're not the same fighter. It's not like fighting you want in back to back fights or Li Zhang in back-to-back fights. It's different. They're they're what was it, eight years removed or whatever. And in addition to that, like Rose doesn't look anything like that Rose anymore. So to to fight a smarter and safer and, and think you know something about your opponent fight just doesn't make any sense.
1: And it sucks that she had enablers in her corner also, which usually uh, Trevor Whitman, you do not hear any negative comments about him. And he was, he was part of that. Yeah. In,
0: man, I'm having trouble even trying to figure out where that comes into, because also like he's, so often he's like the loud, dominant voice in people's corner. Yeah. He was not that. Like Pat Barry's voice came through first. Oh, okay. Um. And so you in, think
1: he wasn't really on board?
0: I I don't know if he was or he wasn't. It's so hard to tell. But like, I'm also not ready to just lay blame on him. Yeah. You know, I I I feel like the I feel like the post fight or the the post fight speech sounded like it was influenced by Pat Barry. Especially because I know based with on uh people who I've I've worked on websites with who happened to be in press row and backstage for that one, said Pat Barry was like grilling media members about uh what they had for scorecards in that fight and what rounds they thought Carla Esparza won. Um, which, you know, like leads to Rose's indignance. And then like the the post in the morning sounds like it was Trevor Whitman inspired. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he has that like thoughtful Look back and like oh shit That didn't go the way I wanted it to And that's what the morning post sounded like So it's hard for me to just Blame Trevor Whitman but man Whatever that was That 25 minutes of my life It was not fun That's the only time time I've been with a live live Crowd who is booing I like wanted to fucking boo from my couch
1: (laughs) No kidding yeah Um Are we gonna ever bet on Rose and Eunice again It's going to be hard, right?
0: (laughs) I don't think so. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If if it's a close fight, like if you put her in there with Indraj for a third fight, I'm going to pause before I pick her and then I'll probably pick her. You know, I'll be honest. I'll probably pick her. I think she's the most talented strawweight on the planet. I I do. Even after all this, I think she's the most talented strawweight on the planet. But like, it's just so hard to understand what happens.
1: Yep. And you don't know what you're gonna get with her, unfortunately. Um so anyhow, kudos to Carlos asparza she got she got the belt back. That no this is a thing that doesn't happen very often, especially the amount of time she has been um not not been champ. This is a very rare feat and um she'll still look good for a wedding because she didn't get hit ever, right?
0: That's that she definitely did <laughs> not. Now I'm <laughs> gonna i I'm gonna turn this on you. Okay. It's give a give me a percent chance. That they make Carla as far as rose Nama, three. <laughs> oh
1: God, yeah, zero point zero perhaps. <laughs> to steal a line from um, Animal House, yeah. Um, but one, the one good thing is um, with the fight that was going to be hard, uh, hard to score and controversial. We had two of the best voices um, to help us understand that on the telecast: and Joe Rogan and Dana Cormier. They they always know scoring um, all all the judging. Um, judging qualifications and rules and and they're always um they would never say something like well you have to beat the champion uh to, to get the belt they would never say something like that so that's good
0: yeah but i think even i'll even say they they were on board with like not <laughs> having to beat the champion in this one and i'll also yeah. say this i very rarely say this i very rarely give kudos to joe rogan joe rogan shitting on carla esparza in the cage for the fight <laughs> after <laughs> the fight was so funny. He was like, I don't I don't know if you caught it because I know sometimes you fast forward through that no chain. I didn't
1: bother, but I already oh god, it, yeah.
0: dude, it's it's so good. Go back and listen to it. I think his first question is like, so how did you feel when it went to the scorecards? Because neither of you did anything in this fight at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um yeah in White. I, I guess Dana White's more mellow than he was back in the day, like when he stormed out of uh the Damian Maya Anderson Silva fight, but uh, old Dana would have had a fit over this. He seemed to be kind of more chilled about it.
0: Damian Maya versus Anderson Silva in Abu Dhabi UFC yes. 112. For those of you who yes. are going back to it, infinitely Don't better. Go than back this, to it, please. In, infinitely better than this fight.
1: Oh yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah, there was a fight at the starting. It wasn't five rounds of that. So yes, obviously. Um, and yeah, well, we probably wasted too much time talking about it. So, um so that was a crap fight main event good Co-main event crappy oh main event charles Oliveira won via submission rear naked choke 322 in the <laughs> first round. We, we didn't really say that we just talked about how good you looked. next fight uh we pretty much hit it right on other than the front kick we had a feeling it was going to be a knockout michael chandler knockout a an all-time classic front kick to tony ferguson 17 seconds into the second round uh we had that minus 400 for chandler um we're going to hear how Ferguson looked so great in the first round, and he looked better than he has in a long time, but then then this happened. So I don't need to see Tony Ferguson anymore. It's four straight losses for him, two of them via knockout. Uh, that's enough's enough.
0: So I'll say this I, I first of all, I said before this fight started, I thought we were writing Tony Ferguson off prematurely. Like like losses to Michael Chandler. Losses to, I mean, hang on, let me get the the list in order. Michael Chandler, Benil Dariush, Charles Oliveira, and Justin Gaethje, two of which were by decision where he didn't take much damage, right? The Dariush and and Charles Oliveira. I mean, I guess he took damage to his arm in the Oliveira one, but, like, not punches to the head with Dariush and Oliveira. Like, those are, those four guys are probably four of the top five fighters in the lightweight division, just minus Dustin Poirier, right? So, like, Is he spent? No, but just for fuck's sake, stop giving him top five opponents at this point. He's 38. Let him fight, you know, Drew Dober, right? Like let him fight Drew Dober. And like, I don't want to fire him and I don't want to say he's done because like you said, he's lost two of those by knockout, but two of them, he didn't take much damage. Let's fight, let him fight somebody like Drew Dober or Terrence McKinney or fucking somebody like that. And then we'll talk about whether or not he's spent. If he goes and gets beat by Drew Dober, then yes, I agree. Let him go to PFL or Bellator, or wherever he's going to go, or let him retire and kick steel poles in his free time. But like at this point in time, like it, it's so hard to like. I mean, like look at the UFC's rankings in any division, and just be like, okay, well, what would happen if somebody lost to Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan, T.J. Dillashaw, and Corey Sandhagen? Would you then say that they're like pathetic and don't belong in the UFC? No, you wouldn't say that, and no. like uh, Ro- Rob Font's lost to most of those guys, right? Like fire him, and and we're still not. You love firing people, though. Um, <sighs> I- I'll say this though. Uh, while I'm still going to bat for Tony Ferguson and saying like, by the way, he won round one on every single judge's scorecards. He dropped yep. Michael Chandler. Um, while I'm I'm not saying he's done yet. He's clearly depleted, and also he's clearly pissing off the UFC with what he's saying it wouldn't surprise me if this is the last time we saw him in the UFC.
1: I think Dan's just saying all this so he, we can continue to fade him and make money on Tony Ferguson going forward. So, um, so I thought about him
0: in this one. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. I thought about betting him in this one.
1: All right. But you didn't. Um, I didn't. <laughs> luckily. So that was a good fight. Then we had another dud. Um, and St. Pru beat Shogun Hua split decision. 28, 29, 29, 28, 30, 27. Ugh. He won with front kicks basically is that's the story of the whole fight. Shogun didn't do much.
0: Yeah. Teeps to the body um, yep. were enough to win this fight. Um, it, and I, I think they were the most impactful strikes too. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I got, I think the the judge's scorecards on the 29, 28 made sense. Um, it's really weird to me to see that, uh, one judge didn't give Shogun the second. Um, cause to me, he like undoubtedly won the second round. Um, so the 30, 27 is weird. And also the twenty nine twenty eight for Shogun is weird. Uh, so like there's, there's multiple bad scorecards in there. Um, we, but
1: we had some wacky cards last night and one judge was in, he was on the wrong side of three split split decisions, which is, should be a red flag to his boss. Is it, is it Kamijo? It is. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I think he's had some shitty ones in the past too. Did he score the fight for Norma Dumont last night?
1: Uh, yes. yes. Oh, yes, that's really I, I know. I thank him for that. But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really bad one. Um, but yeah, no, I think old oh, Vince Prue won. The Teeps seemed to be the most, you know, important strike. Felt bad for Shogun at the end of it. Hopefully, he gets that one last retirement fight he wants.
1: Well, if if that judge does end up out of work, he can always go work at Sherdog, right, Dan?
0: Yeah, he's he's no Sherdog guys had this fight right by the way.
1: <laughs> oh well, there you go. See. All right, well, not much to talk about last fight. Next one, I got right. Haha, <laughs> Dan got wrong. I got plus money too, plus 100 on Randy Brown. Split decision over Chaos Williams, 29, 28, 28, 29, 29 28. Um, used what all MMA, MMA fighters should should use. Only a few of them have clued in that a jab can win you a fight. And that definitely, especially when you have a, a reach advantage. And that's what Randy Brown rode to a uh, victory over the very dangerous Chaos Williams.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting to me. Uh, this fight, when it went to decision, I actually wasn't sure who was going to take it. Because it was clear in my mind, Chaos won round one. It's clear in my mind that Randy Brown won round two. In round <laughs> three, Chaos Williams knocked him down with that, that right hand. And it was yep. mean. It was like a big, hard right hand. He got on top. He landed a little ground and pound. After that, Randy Brown definitely landed more and more consistent strikes. Whether or not they all built up and were more impactful than Chaos Williams, I, I don't know. Ultimately, whether or not I judged one more than the other, uh, but like, really, I, I think this is one of those instances where, regardless of who you had, you wouldn't have been able to complain at the end of it.
1: I, I would have complained, but I won, so I will not. Complain. You wouldn't come.
0: You wouldn't complained if that <laughs> no. big right hand was more no, worthy was than the. Yeah, I, I, I think it, round three I, was razor close, and yeah. the other two were split.
1: I I thought Randy Brown won, but um, I wouldn't complain. Well, I would complain because I'd be mad that I lost. But yes, um, other guy could have won that fight. So I went four and one main card. Dan went three and two. But um, dark skies are ahead for me. Before we get into that, Athletic Greens. Let's get into that. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's zip through the rest here. Uh, um, Francisco Trinaldo is not dead yet, Dan. Uh, He's so man, fast. He,
0: How is he yeah, so wow.
1: fast? <laughs> he looked very good against Danny Roberts, who we had picked, despite his Danny Roberts' fancy blonde hair. Unanimous decision, 29, 28, 30, 27, 30, 26. The old man still has a lot of, uh, a lot of bark left and a lot of bite and bark in the old dog, we'll say.
0: Nothing more to say for me other than <laughs> all of what I thought was true about this fight was true. Roberts had the reach advantage. He would smart fight smarter on the outside. What I did not take into account is that somehow 43-year-old Francisco Ronaldo is fast enough to leap in to the inside, land his punches, and get out of dodge. Yep. You did you hear on the broadcast? He's the second oldest guy in the UFC, only behind Alexi Olenek, and he fucking moves like that. It's infuriating.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, he's a welterweight. He's really should be a, a lightweight. So yeah, pretty wild. Those guys usually age out much quicker, much earlier than this. So we whiffed on that. That was a pick'em fight. Uh, next one I whiffed on. Unfortunately, Norma Dumont minus two twenty-five lost to Macy Chesson. Plus 185. Um, that's, that's a big underdog dan hit there. Um, if I known Dumont would come in overweight, I probably would have changed my pick just because the stats are so skewed uh, against people that come in uh, that miss weight. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I have to stick by my pick. I lost um, biggest win of shayson's career, perhaps, just because it's it shows that she's still legit.
0: Man, I, I've kind of always thought she's legit. Like, the, the couple losses she's had are not terrible losses, right? Like, she she's 8-2 and two in her career. She only has losses to Lena Landsberg and Raquel Pennington. The Landsberg fight was definitely like, a, oh, I got to be careful and realize that I'm not particularly good at wrestling. And then she fixed that for a couple of subsequent fights and had a little bit of trouble with Raquel Pennington, who's still, like, a top five to seven weight. but like, man, she, she took it to Dumont here. Uh, the split decision is, is insane, dude. Like it's, I don't know how in the world, uh, Camijo had two of those rounds for Norma Dumont. Um, literally every single media guy scored it exactly the same, which is also funny because like 30, 27 was also not the right scorecard. No, nope. like, I, I, like Norma Dumont won the third round pretty Handedly, in my opinion. It was chase won one and two and Dumont won three. Uh, and so like in literally every media member agreed with that, and none of the judges got that. So uh weird scorecards yet again. Uh, but I'd say Macy Chason looks like somebody who I mean, still only 10 pro fights under her belt, and you know, not terribly old. I mean, I, I guess we don't know what the aging curve for a bantamweight weight looks like, but she's only 30, so like who, who fucking knows what she could progress to?
1: Yep, it's true. If it's like uh, the men's heaviest weight classes, then she's got a whole decade left at least. So um, so kudos to Dan. He hit a big underdog there, which which uh, helped save your night a little bit. Um, flyweight's Brandon Roybal, he saved us. It looked like he was going to lose this fight against Matt Schnell. Then out of nowhere, he snatches a guillotine choke, 214 into the first round in a fight that he was clearly losing.
0: Did you ever think you would see a fight that lasted less than half a round and would win fight of the night?
1: Yeah, wild, right?
0: That, I mean, like, and it was. It, it, like, it easily was fight of the night. Uh, this is Roy Royval doing Vall Roy stuff, though, right? Like, he's so game when he's on his back. Yeah. um, All the time he's game when he's on his back. It's a shame he doesn't like to grapple more. Like, he keeps winning by submission, but, like, he hates grappling. He, like, only cares about striking, and then he gets a submission when he tags somebody or they panic grapple. Um, and in this case, they weren't even panic grappling. They were just trying to scramble to their feet, and he snatched yeah. that neck. Uh, actually, if you listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, he said he was going to scramble with him and snatch a neck, um, and he did exactly that.
1: <laughs> oh, spoiler alert on Top Turtle. And then I whiffed on the next one. Dan got this one right. Uh, Blegoi, if- Ivanov uh, unanimous decision twenty nine twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight over Marcos Rogério de Delima.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of hate on this, but I I think that people were maybe overrating how hard de Lima was hitting in the late rounds because I think he was spent. I didn't like I, it. Oh, yeah, didn't look like hard. he had. It didn't look like he had anything on his punches from the beginning of the second round on. So yeah, I I I scored it for Ivanov in. Uh, Again, not to toot my own horn, go back and listen to the breakdown. I told you, Blago Ivanov does fucking not get knocked out ever. (laughs) And he tires you out because he's got surprisingly good cardio for a fat guy who's been stabbed in the heart.
1: (laughs) Very, very, very well put. So Dan hit that. uh, We hit Royval minus 260. Dan hit Ivanov minus 150. We both hit the main main event, so to speak, of the early prelims. Andre Fialo. Knocked out Cameron van camp with the, I think they were just saying how, uh, one of the answers was saying how van camp had to be careful. And he got himself knocked out to 35 into the fight.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it's exactly, uh, you know, let's, let's keep tooting my horn since I hit a bunch of a row <laughs> yep. here. Uh, Fialho hits so fucking hard. And I said, van camp, he slugs, he, he throws bombs once in a while, but like mostly he wants to grapple with you. Fialho was a guy who was never going to be able to grapple with. And, He just tempted fate too many times throwing big loopy shots like he'd hit him with a good technical shot and then get excited and just throw like a bunch of wild shit. And that's why he got caught. So, yeah, I'm Fialo looked like I expected him look. uh, He also bagged himself a KO of the night or a performance of the night bonus along with uh, Chandler. So uh, good on him. Good win for him. And I heard he's already got a fight booked yes
1: apparently they haven't said who right
0: um there's some rumors out there but nothing solidified yet no
1: okay Dan does not want to give out uh the rumors so um uh, we we got the next one wrong this one hurts I like Melissa Gatto I, I still think she's she's good and she's gonna be good but she lost it Tracy Cortez Chris Tur- Cortez apparently is a much stronger grappler wrestler physically stronger and better than than we gave her credit for she won the United position 29-28 across the boards
0: do you think it's that she's physically stronger than we gave her credit for or counterpoint do you think it's melissa gatto was too complacent to be on her back and look for subs
1: yeah could be because i think if yeah, gatto no
0: just i think if gatto just decided i'm not going to be here on my back and i'm going to get back up she was winning the striking right like okay. I, I thought she i thought she was a better striker than great tracy cortez and if she just gets back up she maybe gets on top of a couple of those uh, takedown attempts instead of just being on her back. I-, I think it cost her the fight, just being complacent and happy to grapple. So um, a little bit disappointing on my part uh, for her, but at the same time, like, yeah, Tracy Cortez did what she needed to in there. I- I'm not like more sold on Tracy Cortez after that fight though. Are you?
1: You're still not willing to give Jong's girlfriend any credit. Eh? I-, I see Jong did bet her so he he was happy that he put money on his girlfriend
0: quick quick question out of the the ufc's top 15 women in the well or the flyweight division would you pick tracy cortez to beat any of them
1: probably i I don't know who's in it but no
0: all right all right i will i will give you yeah i'll give you the last five in the uh flyweight rankings cynthia calvijo jessica Mm. i casey o'neill Macy Barber, Aaron Blanchfield.
1: Well, she beat me, uh, Casey O'Neill because she's hurt, so she could beat her right now. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> basically is the only one that I went in eh, about. Um, the other ones, no,
0: for Yeah, sure. so, so that's sort of maybe my point Calvillo. is like, like she's four and oh, and maybe could fight an, uh, a, an outsized Cynthia Calvio who really belongs down in Strawway, but apart from that, like she's not beating. Any of these up and comers, she's not beating an Andrea Lee or a Casey O'Neill or a Jessica I or an Aaron Blanchfield. Like, I, I just nothing but about her performance made me feel like she would.
1: Sorry, John, I tried, but Dan is not being generous at all. Here.
0: Not sold, not sold.
1: <laughs> so, we lost that one, we lost the next one too. Um, CJ Vergara looked very, very good against Clayton Hodriguez. Split decision again 29 28, 28, 29, 29, 28.
0: Call me crazy. I definitely crazy. agreed. I, I definitely agreed with Camijo in this one that I, I thought Rodriguez won this fight.
1: It was, it it, was it, close. I, it, I'm fine either way, but yeah,
0: yeah. And and I get I get why maybe they gave Vergara the the third round, but I definitely gave it to Rod Rodriguez. Um, and most of oh. the media, most of the media did too, and all the fan scores on MMA decisions did too. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to litigate it too much because ultimately it was a fight between two flyweights who i was really unimpressed with at the end of the day um yeah. but like uh yeah I, I didn't think i got this one wrong
1: Gumby's is not impressed with your performance um performance, here's a performance sure, i was excited yeah here about. we go loopy <laughs> loopy's Lupi, quickly become one of my favorites lupita ganita's um our canadian sister that we we have adopted here uh in canada totally destroyed Ariane carnalosi um with the grappling, 3027
0: 3026 30, 30, 26, 30 26. yeah uh i'll, I'll wow. say this sometimes joe rogan comes into the cage and overhypes a victory yeah um sometimes he, he underhypes one like like uh carlos <laughs> Barzas, which is really yep. nice um did you again I, I know you don't listen to these very often <laughs> but but did you happen to catch what he said about lupita godinez
1: no, I, I during the fight, he, they, he was uh, he, he and uh, Cormier were going wild over in in the post fight. He suggested that she be in the mix for a top contender, um, <laughs>
0: which like no, don't get her, like she's I, not I even mean,
1: like, a mainstay in, at Strawway yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like, Well, I
0: mean, so since her debut, which she she lost kind of a weird split decision that I gave her over Jessica Pena and I didn't think she lost. She is three and zero at straw weight since then. Yeah, you know, obviously there's that weird jump up to flyweight, which it seems like she's not going to do again. But yep. wins over Silvana Juarez Gomez by armbar. She beat Loma Lubume, who's good, and she not just beat Ariane Carnelosi. She fucked up Ariane Carnelosi. Yeah. She made her look like she's never fought MMA before. I'm not sure I'm ready to say she's like in the mix, but like, no, is it? Is it crazy to say she probably should get a ranked opponent next?
1: Uh yeah, it's it's not the deepest weight class. So yeah, sure. Uh it's not that, like Carnelosi is a world beater. She was what two and one, I think, at the end of that fight. So but it, it's it's a way she beat her. Like someone yeah. who should be or appears to be physically stronger than her. She just manhandled her, regardless well, of
0: I, let me let me let me throw a random ranked name at you. Would okay. you pick would you pick loopy godinez to be Angela Hill? Yes. Yeah, I would too. She's ranked 13. Yeah. Would you yeah, pick-
1: it, it's her striking too? I, I forgot to mention her striking also.
0: Her striking is is what she's supposed to be good at, but also apparently she has a Pan Am champion sister in wrestling. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Uh that they she she literally won Pan Am's while last night while Loopy was fighting. Um yeah. but also like how how about this one? Would you pick her to beat Michelle Waterson?
1: No, oh, yes, yes,
0: yes. And she's top ten, so like while originally yeah. I thought like Joe Rogan might have been being like hyperbolic <laughs> with that, like yeah. I started looking at the rankings and I'm like, would I pick her to beat Naima off y- Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, probably. She's seven. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe she is in the mix.
1: Like or, or, or maybe we need to look into these rankings more. We we need I, more straw weights apparently.
0: I mean, like uh, I'd give her a chance against Yan Xiaonan. I'd like to see her fight Mackenzie
1: Dern. That's number four. Yeah. Like, like maybe she does belong up there. Strap the rocket to her. She's, she sure is fun to watch regardless of who she fights. Yeah. So yeah. That was fantastic. I, I'm sure the grappling nerd and you Dan loved that performance.
0: Oh yeah. And I will also say this. If, if there weren't two stunning knockouts like Fialho and, and Michael Chandler, yeah. I, I'd give her a performance bonus. It was yeah. that good of a performance.
1: It, no, this was not one of your boring, grappling, lie on the person, or or uh, look for submissions. She was uh, active the whole time, not just looking for submissions, but but pounding uh, from the bottom on the bottom.
0: Yeah, she was incredible.
1: Yep. Maybe the most impressive person uh, on the night, actually, when you think about it. Um, and then the opener. We got wrong again, Dan. Journey Newsom decided he actually is okay at this MMA thing, and he beat Fernie Garcia, who did not look good in his debut. Thirty-four seven, 7 twenty nine, twenty-eight. 7 28 We whiffed on that one.
0: Yeah, I will say this. You know, I, I saw a lot of people uh, talking about that Journey Newsom looked better than they thought he did. Or he, he like bounced back or, you know, like pick whatever fucking verb you want there for what he did. For me, it looked like Fernie Garcia couldn't pull the trigger. It looked like he couldn't move forward. It looked like he was afraid to be first. It looked like he went in there with a game plan to counter an aggressive fighter was met with a guy who was less aggressive and didn't know how to deal. Um, it it looked like an Octagon, uh, Octagon jitters loss.
1: Yep. Nope. Very, very good point. um, plus we're salty for losing that one. So we lost. The dogs were barking. Woof 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 as one of your other co-hosts would say. Um six dogs came through I think out of the 14 uh, off uh, quick count. So um I hit one of them and you hit one of them and that's it. So um didn't do too good predicting the dogs last night.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is time maybe this is finally we're going to get um re- regressing back to the mean um The favorites were were doing um, statistically better than than uh, they should have so far this year. So maybe we're gonna have a a stretch of dogs coming up. Uh, Something to keep in mind when we're making picks for for fights going forward. So on the night seven to seven for me, down three hundred fifty three bucks. So I've bled half of my the past two weeks. I've shed half of my winnings for the year. Um, So I'm down to sixty six percent. Um accuracy picking every fight on the on every fight card in the ufc i'm 122 and 62 but 66 percent i'm down to 457 dollars in profit two and a half percent return on investment it's it's gravy that i'm still a up money at this point picking every fight and betting the same amount on every fight but anyhow it's it's not nice losing two weeks in a row dan bit better eight and six only down 102 bucks last night uh 58 on the year then you're down 1800 bucks now dan good job and that's that's not bad.
0: Now get to the recommended plays. <laughs>
1: not bad enough. Recommended plays. Let's move on as Dan says. Recommended plays. Dan went two and two. He lost on Fernie Garcia. He lost on Melissa Gatto. Hit on Andre Fiallo inside the distance. Hit on Macy Chasson. So two and two. Up seven sixty nine. So he's hey any profit is good profit on the year fifty two percent hit rate. You're up uh, one hundred twenty four bucks. Nine percent of return on investment. I did a little better three one. Michael Chandler, I hit, I lost in Gatto. I hit OSP. I hit Fialo inside the distance. I uh, made almost 12 bucks. It's 11 on the year. Recommended place 59%. So I'm far more effective, but I've made $4 less than Dan. I'm only at 8.4% return on investment. But still, you're not going to sneeze at those numbers. We're, we're, uh, we're giving you good return on investment for, for, um, for our bats recommended place. Um, as for the bonuses, Brandon ball Matt Schnell, as Dan said, um, fight of the night michael chandler under fialo performance of the night and then her fan bonus did you see who got the fan bonus dude tonight? i i oh, was fun. hoping
0: you i was hoping you were gonna fucking bring yep. this up to, First to play, just, script let's about, bring let's com. bring more farce to to this yes. already bullshit uh way of just like washing the fact that the ufc is making way more money off of this than the fighters are yep. and let's pretend we're giving fighters money and then in addition give that fighter give that money to a fighter who's clearly the most popular and clearly fought the worst on the whole night.
1: Rose Namajunas got first place in the fan vote for her her, quote-unquote performance last night. She got $30,000 in cryptocurrency. Um, She probably has some conspiracy about crypto though and is not going to take it. Um, Second place, Michael Chandler. Hey, that's fine. 20 grand third place charles Oliveira. that's fine as well 10 grand so i guess he still qualified for that just not for the ufc's official bonus but yeah i was i was flabbergasted dan when i saw that um rose won. uh didn't you say you could vote before the fights even started or yeah did, or when, maybe... once the
0: once the fights start you can start voting so, <laughs> so like she she probably already had locked up first place before the snooze fest
1: oh uh, yeah 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 so anyhow that's fine. More money to fighters is fine. Maybe maybe not the rose necessarily, but hey, not my money, so that's fine. So put that to bed. Um, not I want to say it wasn't a great event, but there were quite a few great things. Michael Chandler fight, um, Loopy's performance, um, Fiallo's knockout. That there there were some highlights, but there were definitely a lot of lowlights. Um, and that's probably what the event's going to be re- remembered for. Unfortunately, so um, and. Other than recommended plays, it wasn't the best night for us. So put that to bed. Uh, I'll tell you about our last sponsor. We'll quickly tell you how great Dan did with PFL. Um, IP Vanish. I want my results from last night to vanish. Uh, Maybe IP Vanish can help. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other prime eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like eating nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's dot com S-G-P. PFL, I haven't finished watching it, but I know the results. Um... We Dan gave up picks for the Welterweights. He went three and one, 181.30. Uh, on the year, uh, on the two weeks we've done PFL, he's six and three, up 12.71. Dan, what are you gonna do with that 13 bucks almost? I I mean, travel, of course. <laughs> I was gonna say real estate, but yeah, travel, travel works too. Um, he whiffed the one he whiffed on, uh, Brada boy Ray Cooper the third did not look good against Carlos Leal. You didn't see this fight, Dan. I only saw the first round so far.
0: I saw a little bit of it, but I'll also just mention Ray Cooper missed weight by a lot. Oh, uh,
1: that's right.
0: So, so that obviously, like, a second yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have bet on him having missed weight by six pounds,
1: like that's yeah, he's probably uh, injured, more than likely. You would guess, yeah, it, it's well, a weird the top one. turtle. Uh, and he who he was on top turtle last week, he, he was on he, top he, turtle this past interesting. week. Interesting. He didn't mention he did anything. Sound so. He, he <laughs> didn't really sound enthused. Oh yeah, he.
0: I, I'm glad you mentioned that. He he
1: did
0: seem <laughs> to talk slower than I was ready. I will yeah,
1: Well, uh, I was thinking it was a it was you know laid back Hawaiian thing, but who knows? But um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, he whiffed on that one, but he hit the rest. Uh, Anthony Pettis looked very good. Uh, people forget. Um, actually, you didn't pick Pettis. I'm sorry that, that was uh that was lightweight, but he looked very good regardless, grabbing a submission win. Um, he, he had. The Red King, Roy McDonald. He also looked very good. Quickly finished off uh, Brett Cooper in the first round. Uh, submission rear naked joke. You had, what else did you have here? Dan. Uh, fight of o Yes. The, the Swedish Denzel Washington came through plus 120. Um, Dan hit that one. So hopefully y'all got on that one as well. And then the other fight was you had um, the Jordanian Prince, correct? Uh, Gerard, is that his name? Gerard Al Salawi, beat Gleason Tebow split decision. I didn't see that fight.
0: I mean, it was close. It's not much to say. It it looked like a Gleason Tebow fight. How about that?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I did see a, um, you talk about how weak the women's, uh, lightweight, um, did you see Larissa Pacheco, her fight? Yeah, she, she looked pretty good. Yeah her opponent was like like oh she's closing her eyes every time a punch gets thrown at her that's probably not a good sign for her experience level or her, her hopes in this fight
0: yeah i i it, that, that just pretty much sums it up you've got larissa P- yeah. pachecho who's like pretty good you know she was in the yeah. ufc she's pretty good and uh she's fighting a woman who's like afraid to get hit
1: yeah she's seven and seven and one her opponent was but i i'm guessing she hasn't fought at a high level because yeah she seemed to be a fish out of water so anyhow that's pfl for you um so no pfl they're going dark on us dan and now we're in this groove you're, you're hitting all your picks they're going dark for about a month so uh no pfl there's uh that second rate promotion bellator maybe we'll make some uh, picks next podcast for the bellator coming up if we get some mods by wednesday
0: yeah, if they if they come at us with the odds on time so I can take a look at them, I am actually really intrigued by this main event. Um, th- there's probably two fights on the whole card I care about. Uh, Logan Tell Storley. People. Logan yeah. Storley versus MVP. Michael Michael Venom Page uh, is an exciting one because Page is, like, such a talented striker. And, and for those who don't know the name Logan Storley, he is an incredible wrestler. Um, he, he wrestled at Minnesota, which is... You know, pretty damn impressive. He was a four-time All-American, and since then, his like, with the exception of a split decision loss to the champ Yaroslav Amasov, like he hasn't lost ever. Um, he's just like, grind. Like he beat the shit out of Joaquin Buckley, like it, who's now in the UFC and and doing well. Yeah. He beat up Neiman Gracie, like it, he just he's a really talented grappler. So to f- watch him fight a striker, a lot of fun. I'm also excited for Denise Keith Holtz versus Kanawana Wanatabi, um, like the, it's just like a fun flyweight fight with two fighters who are, you know, near the top of that division anyway. And one of them has already fought, uh, Liz Carmouche, but like either of them could be potential challengers for Carmouche in the near future. Now that she is the dominant champion that she is
1: <laughs> <laughs> sarcasm. Um,
0: but like also, you know, Lola Machita, Paul Daly, I like Kate Jackson. I, I think people forget that she was like kind of fun on the ultimate fighter.
1: Yep. Yes, siree. So, anyhow, you that's that. I don't know how we, we go hour and a half on a recap show, Dan. We were giving these people so much, so much for their money. Um, all right, so we'll be back Wednesday. Hopefully, we we'll give you some ultra picks. We will definitely give you all the picks for UFC and ESPN. Blakowitz versus Rakic, which is going down next Saturday from the UFC Apex. So, we got Jan Blakovic versus Alexander Rakic, who I pronounced his name correctly that time, not the first time. Uh, Ryan Spam versus Jan Kudalaba. Um, Caitlin Chukagan versus Amanda Hebas, that'll be fun. Um, maybe not a star stuttered uh, fight card, but um some interesting stuff on here,
0: yeah. there's there's some ones I really love. um, and there's some head scratchers in there. Um, uh, and
1: and Hill Jandy Jandy Doba should be interesting,
0: yeah. and and so should Vivian Arrio versus uh, Andrea Lee should be yep. fun. Right. I I don't think it'll be such a fun fight, but my goodness, do I love watching Davey Grant fight Um, that Jake Hadley, who was on Contender Series, is making his flyweight debut. That's kind of fun. I actually think the first fight of the night might be one of the more intriguing ones. Andre Petroski, who's two and oh in the UFC since coming off the Ultimate Fighter versus Nick Maximoff, two guys who both wrestle and grapple at a very high level. So that should be fun.
1: That's true. Yeah, that one will be a good fight. So, hey, we'll it, without hit,
0: looking, wait. without looking really quickly, because you do know yep. both of those two guys, what would you yes, imagine sir. the odds are for that fight?
1: All right, we're talking the... Petrowski and Maximov. Max. Maximo. you would. Petrowski is probably more known. It should, in my, in my head, it should be pretty close to a pick 'em, but um, I'll say. Like pretty close to pick them, but I'll say, um, slight lean to Petroski. Petroski is plus
0: three thirty.
1: No, what? Why what's going and on here? Maximoff
0: Dan? is negative four
1: fifty. Okay. <laughs> wh- what are we missing?
0: I, I, th- are we going to make re- money
1: off this down? There's, the,
0: there's a fucking reason <laughs> I asked you why you thought they would line it. Uh, are because we- I thought that sounded crazy.
1: <laughs> are we going to make money off
0: this or what? I right. I I would say people I would, get in on I it. Would, I would tell people
1: to go get in on it early, but it seems to be getting wider. <laughs> okay, what's okay. Maybe l- maybe like, wait until like Wednesday, said. guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll have to, yeah, once I do my research into this, maybe we're missing something, but now now I'm very that's, intrigued, Dan. That's a big dog. <laughs> it is. Wow. Like that would be, yeah, uh, that would be a Okay, I, I can't make my official pick yet, but yeah, that's that makes Wednesdays a must-listen episode now, right?
0: It, I, it always is, but it now, always it is, de- now it definitely is. It definitely is.
1: All right, we'll be back Wednesday. Until then, Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter for me. He is Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. The SGPN Slack is always a fun place to be, especially on Fight Night. But it seems like we're, we're picking up more and more people in there chatting the fights. It's not just Jong talking to himself like it has been sometimes, so... Jump in there. Um, lots of fun. Uh, everyone in there are good people, and uh, um, maybe maybe uh, not all their betting advice is the best, but but. They, they they're well well intentioned people. Uh um, and,
0: and sometimes I'll drop a, a fun little extra Bellator pick in there, which won uh, our, our man John some money. We he hit that's on right, Tebow, he hit on Tebow Gauti uh this yes. past weekend. So, so
1: yes, that's right. Uh Dren Dean content. asked for some picks, I think. Yes. Another regular Dren Dean asked for some picks and Dan popped in because he's the man of the people, as he says, and uh made some money so get in the SGP and slack uh, read our stuff at sportsgamingpodcast.com read my MMA stuff at uh, what's it moneymma.substack.com I will have the brand spanking new pick'em contest for next week will be posted sometime on Monday so at the very least uh, get in on that and, and win yourself some stuff I'm going to let you take a home Dan because I don't know what my nickname is going to be so I'm going <laughs> to let you pick one
0: I'm David he is the cookie monster Jeff Fox <laughs> and perfect. we will see you on Wednesday <laughs>